NBA Basketball Week 2. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Speak Up Hoops Podcast, where we are coming to you from Rygon Studios. Woo! Jeremy, what's going on, bro? What's up, brother? How you feeling, bro? I know it's been a good week for you. Ohio State victory. A little little side note there. I knew you were hype. Um, uh, yes, I'm very hyped. As you can see, I'm decked out yeah, in Ohio State down. gear right now. Um, I did think we were going to lose, but uh, you know what? JT Barrett came through and... He did. We we got a Heisman candidate. I, on our I did hands. watch that. I did watch the ending of it just because I saw everybody tweeting about it. So yeah, it was uh, it was by far the best game so far this year. But you know, it was a good one. It was a good one. But it's been another interesting week of hoops to say the least. And I'm glad to be back in the studio with you, brother, for episode two. So let's get started. On today's show, we'll be discussing the Celtics' four-game win streak. Are you buying or selling stocks on the Grizzlies, Clippers, and the Magic Hot Starts? Concerns in Cleveland, the Markel Fultz shoulder drama, Wizards, Lakers, and LeVar's Lonzo comments. And a new thing that we added is we're going to give our surprises weekly. So we have our week two surprises. So here we go. Can't nobody see me. You wish you could, but for real, I ain't nobody's genie. Hot as Kobe and Phoenix. I'm really focused on the check like it's no more Adidas. So DC, so you know I'm my Jersey Arena. Lost the Philip Arena. I'm a mix between Kawhi and LeBron and Serena. Ain't no need for subpoenas. I'm on the court crossing over and hitting the three. You don't know what to do with the rock, give it to me. Why you mad for? I'm a student of the game. 12 try to stop me while I'm cruising through the lane. These dudes would be insane to think that they're in the same category as the boys, so let's make sure they hear what I'm saying. It's Jeremy and Drake. It's Jeremy and Drake. The cool rules of the game will be learning today. It's Jeremy and Drake. It's Jeremy and Drake. Come have a ball with the NBA know it all. Speak up. I think I counted out the Celtics too early, bro. I I know it's I know it's only been six games, but I, I I love 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 what I've been seeing and like you know I was talking to talking to Ryan earlier and I and I, I think I've come to the conclusion, bro, that Brad Stevens is the second best coach in basketball. Um, I mean we talk every day, hoops. Yeah, keep in touch and. I mean, even last year, we would talk about that Brad Stevens was the second best coach in the, in the NBA. Yeah. And uh, this just proves our point even more. Um, what, he, what he does as a team, they play as a team, even when Kyrie has the ball. Like, they play as a team. They play defense as a team. Mm-hmm. I just, and I do think he is the best out-of-bounds coach Absolutely. in the NBA. His well, play I mean, calling of course, is just, of course Pop, too. But yes, but out of bounds, he's plays more, yeah. is just phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think I think he. I I don't know for sure. This is not a fact, but from what I've seen, I think his success rate of out of bounds plays has got to be at least in the 60s, 70s. I mean, he almost gets whatever he wants yeah. coming out of bounds. Like it's whether it's, it's from the side or under the basket or wherever. Yeah. And they're so and, and they're so unpredictable. I feel like, you know, of course, I'm not gonna say Pop's a predictable coach because he's far from that. But like, I feel like in, when, when Pop does his out of bounds plays, you kind of have like a feeling who's going to. I think with Brad Stevens, you just never know what's going to happen. And I think that's what he does as a coach is he puts his trust in every single player. Yep. So he doesn't care if he's giving it to Marcus Smart one time or Kyrie mm-hmm. or shoot Al Horford, you know, whoever. Yep. With Pop. 
especially when Kawhi is there. Mm-hmm. You it's, know, it's basically Kawhi, maybe L.A. or Manu a yeah. little bit. But yeah. so I mean, Tony Parker's not really taking that shot anymore. Rarely. Um, so it's, like a, it's basically between two or three guys with the Celtics. It could be anywhere from one to eight different players. Yeah, because he doesn't care because he knows if they execute, it's going to succeed. You know, one thing. You know, when we had our last episode last week, and I said the Celtics were done. Like, I think I don't think I really took into consideration what Brad, how good of a coach Brad Stevens is. Like, if we look at Brad Stevens since he's been with the Celtics, they've improved year after year after year. And like, I've never thought about how like Brad Stevens thrives in adversity. Like he thrives in this this type of situations where like he may lose a player or he doesn't have a good great roster. Like he he thrives in these situations. And right. I think I know it's only six games and they're on a the four game winning streak. Um they haven't really played some of the best teams, but it's still professional basketball. I mean, he just is just so good at these situations. He like he always holds his players accountable and I mean, he, he gets the best out of every single one of his players, 1 through 15. I mean, we have guys on this team that some people don't even know. Right. I also think that when you said your Celtics are done, for you guys at the beginning of the season, it was almost like make it to the NBA Finals or it's a bust of a season. Yeah. So I had to come back to reality. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously seeing Gordon Hayward go down, you were going to explode saying that they were done oh and all that. But you didn't gosh. really believe that. You were just hyped up on the injury. I and, was you know, in a funk, bro. Yeah. So for you guys going into the season, it was NBA Finals or bust. So, I mean, you're going to still make fourth seed probably yeah maybe possibly even third to be honest i don't know the thing is so, the way things are going now i know it's still early yeah we, we could be first who knows well, i don't know but, about um, all that you know i i definitely wanted to talk about jason tatum and i know you were big on jason tatum for a long time yes. i i was big on him because he went to duke you know duke i love duke but i i i don't think we expected jason tatum to be be performing this well this fast i don't know if you did maybe you did but I, I, I didn't i did because i mean other than ohio state ohio state duke is the other team that i watch in college basketball mm. um so i got i basically watched almost every game uh last year and how i saw him playing last year it w- i mean he was making nba moves uh against unc he just stepped back it was contested still drained it like yeah he w- i already could tell that he was nba ready so Maybe for me personally, it doesn't really surprise me, but I mean he's averaging basically 15 points per game, six rebounds on 50% shooting. Yeah. Um, I had him as my number one choice on winning uh, rookie of the year. You did. So I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. Except when we talk about Ben Simmons later, uh, that's a, a toss up right now. But yeah, I, I love what Jason Tatum's doing, and I you can just see like he's calm. Yep. He's very calm. He, he sure is. And I think being with Brad as his coach, it's just a a system organization mm-hmm. so he just plays his role he's not trying to go out there and score 22 that's what you have Kyrie for right it's what you had Gordon Hayward uh for before he went down yeah but now this just helps him get confidence for games to come and you he might go through a a dry spell during the year yeah, or whatever because he's a rookie but like what Jalen Brown's in right now right but I can only see from here going up increasing those numbers actually yeah and, and it helps to play for a guy like brad Stevens because you know brad Stevens is a calm coach you don't really see him on the sidelines jumping up and down or screaming at his player he's real calm yeah. and like you know that reflects on his players but like i mean jason Tatum, like you said 15.2 points 6.3 rebounds in the first six games i know it's a small sample but 
You know, he's shooting 50, 50% from the field, 50% from three. Yep. I mean, he's not really taking that many attempts, but, and then 86.2% from the free throw line. So it's six games. I'm probably over exaggerating this, but he, right now he's, he's, he's borderline 50, 40, 90. And we know how exclusive it, it, that club is. I mean, I yeah, know it's but that's, six yeah, games. Yeah, it's very early. I'm not going to exaggerate it, but I thought that when I saw, when I looked at that and I went and looked at the the list of people who are on that list, I was like, you know, Jason Tatum has the potential to be on this. I mean, we all know he's not going to remain. Yeah, that'd be hard to do. Because uh, if he does, yeah. then he's getting rookie of the year yeah, if that so, happens. But I, I, I thought that was interesting. But I, I tell you what, man, if somebody told me that Jason Tatum's going to get this opportunity when Gordon Hayward went down, I, I definitely was not thinking anywhere near this at all. Like, I'm so excited in the games, man. Like, I'm sitting down. You know, we're writing. I'm writing my notes during the game, and I'm thinking like, when I see the Celtics are going, you know, the opposing team is going on the run against the Celtics. I'm thinking to myself like, when are we going to put Jason Tatum back in? When is Tatum right. coming back in? Like, I have never ever felt that way about a rookie. So you want him in the games all the time, all the time, because he plays both ends of the floor, yes. and the game is just so beautiful to watch him play. Like, I, uh, it's just crazy. Just one last thing on that. I think the the injury to. I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit, but. The injury to Gordon Hayward was a blessing. Was probably, I mean, we hate to say that it's yeah, a blessing because, like that, yeah, but. but it just gives Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum yep. way more minutes yeah. and way more clock to get better. Yep. Um, as the season goes on, and then by next year when Gordon comes back, you know, if he can be the same person, which I think he'll be, mm-hmm. it just it better[s] your team. Yep. So. And, and you know, just just some other thing too that I know about the Celtics during this streak is. Uh, you know, their second, now again, small sample size, six games, but their second best defensive team in the NBA behind the Clippers, and they're holding teams to 97.3 points per game. I mean, they, I mean, listen, man, I'm just so stunned, man. And this, this just shows, like I, like we said, you know, how much of a good coach Brad Stevens did. I mean, when Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder left, you thought your defense was, was going to be in shambles. Yeah, we did, but... You know, it's six games still early, but they're defending real good. You know, the Celtics are long. Uh, and, you know, they Brad just trusts his players, all his players, to defend. They did a phenomenal job on Giannis the other night. Um, I mean, Al Horford was incredible. He's been incredible all year for us defensively. So. Yes, he has. Kyrie even, surprisingly, has been playing defense. Well, that's the thing I was telling you with Brad Stevens being having a, a team that plays, you know, for each other and want to play as one team. Like, yeah. defense is the main purpose of that. And, yep. you know, Brad Stevens knows what he's doing. He does. He does. So, uh, you know, the Celtics play the Spurs tonight. So, of course, you know, I want them to win. But this is – I think this is their first real test um, against a team that's actually a legit contending team. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I, I'm excited about getting Marcus Morris back. So, hopefully, when he gets back, you know, we can keep this play up. Can I get into the Memphis Grizzlies? Because are you me- buying or selling? I am absolutely buying them, and here's why. You remember on the our first podcast, all the all season, I do. I had them as sixth in the Western Conference, and you were appalled at that. I, you listen, were in shock. I was. I'm so happy you brought it up, bro, because they have stunned me. Oh, I know. I I I, I looked at the standing, and I saw the Memphis Grizzlies at one. I said, what is going on? I didn't even I, have these guys in the playoffs. I know, and that's why I was so glad that you had brought oh this up because gosh. of the fact that I had them in the Western Conference. And honestly, 
honestly, I think I had the Timberwolves in uh, awesome. fifth, and I'm I, I would swap that there. right now uh, for later in the season. I would I believe more in the Memphis Grizzlies than I told uh, the you Timberwolves. About those wolves, Jeremy. But you also told me about the Grizzlies and they're five and one right now. Right. Granted, <laughs> it, it is six games into the season, but still, I told start. you. Yeah, I told you when you have somebody like Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley. If they play well, they can take them as far as that team can go. I believe you. I just didn't, I just didn't think their calf, their supporting calf, is going to be any good for them. I, I mean, it's. I also think that's a system based team as well. I mean, they just got young guys now. They don't have old guys. I think that's really what's been the difference. They just have guys who just run, who can just get up down yeah. the floor and they, just. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've been stunned, bro. I, <laughs> I, I, and I'm glad that you brought yeah. that up because I wanted to. Uh, Show that off in your face a little bit. Yeah. You know, Coach Fisdale, you know, coming over from Miami, he, he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes to win championships. He's been on championship team with LeBron, Wade, and Boss. And, you know, they just play tough. You know, people were saying the grit and grind is done. You know, I was saying that too. But I, I, I think, think, think he's still there. And I think with these younger guys, they're picking up the offense a little more. Yeah. Uh, they're still, you know, a slower paced team but that with these younger guys and you know they can run uh, mm-hmm. up and down a little more and you know mike conley's averaging 17.5 points a, a game mm-hmm. and four assists that's too I'd like, low yeah i'd like yeah. to see his assist go up to about six and a half seven because um, oh, yeah. i think he's a better distributor than just the four assists that he's averaging right now i know it's still early but yeah i'd like to see him pick that up a little bit but other than that I love what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing and right now. I, I definitely like what Fizdale has done with Chandler Parsons. I mean, we know what Chandler Parsons has been over the last couple of years. Just yes. an injury player. I mean, when is the last time he's played a full season? But coming off the bench, I think that was a good move uh, from Fizdale. And, I mean, he had, a, he had a good game the other night, 24 points. I mean, he was hot, but, I mean, that's not going to happen again. But I like to move him coming off the bench. And, he, like like you said, I, I – I'm so surprised. I didn't have this. I didn't see this coming. But uh, I mean, they could always go through a dry spell as well. But um, th- this team is good. I think I think I'll buy in and and and, in a and, little bit. and come back to my senses and, and and put them in the playoff mix. I'm, I'm not going to exaggerate where they'll be, but right. they're definitely playing better basketball than the Timberwolves. So oh yeah, that's for sure. But okay, so are you buying or selling the Los Angeles Clippers start? <sighs> I I think I am buying it. That's my man. And I I had them as the eighth spot when we put out our yeah, rankings. Which is um, absurd. I mean, they'll probably still be around the oh my the sixth gosh. spot, maybe. Are you kidding me? Six seven spot. Oh um, my I gosh. just it de- it also also depends on Blake Griffin and his health. If he gets hurt, I mean, yeah, which is done. which is very possible because he's injury prone. Yep. Um, they they're done, but that that's the only reason why I'm not fully buying them. I'm buying them, just not all invested as in them as I am like the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, well, Blake. I think Blake Griffin when he all the times he's getting hurt. Blake Griffin has what I've seen from him in just six games is he just seems to be playing with a little bit more control. I think yes. you know a lot of his injuries that he came that he got last year were off trying to do crazy things. He's just a little bit more in the control. He's averaging twenty four point eight points. 9.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists on 48% shooting. So, you know, and they, they've got the number one defense. So, yes. listen, I'm going to read you this stat that I thought was crazy. This is for this is just defense. And, I, and this is exactly what I meant when I said Beverly has just changed the whole culture when it comes to defense. So, this is their defensive rating per player, okay, okay. and the league rank. 
Okay. I know it's just six games. Is it games. by position or just no, by players? just by players, okay. period. Just six games, but still, I thought this was pretty interesting. So Griffin's at 78.6, which is second in the league. Uh, Gallinari's at 81.9, which is third in the league. Patrick Beverly's at 82, and that's fourth. Austin Rivers, who has been playing good. I, I, I want to ask you about that later. He's at 86.6, and he's at ninth. And DeAndre Jordan's at 82.5, and he's at fifth. So the starting five on that team is top 10 in defensive ratings in the league. Player by games. player. Um, top 10. Just that stat alone just shows you the focus of the Clippers alone. The impact of Beverly and what he's bringing you, to that team. You really think that it's just because Patrick Beverly is there? Yes, it is. Yes, I do. So yes, just because he's there, all of a sudden, all of them are like, yeah, let me play better defense as an individual. When you have a guy who, and, and we can say the same about everybody in, the, in Detroit. When you have a guy who comes to your team who literally, he, he obsesses over defense, it spreads on your team. I mean, you, we, we know Doc Rivers had a defensive team with Boston in 08, but that was really Tom Thibodeau's work. Let's be real. Yeah. That was Tom Thibodeau's work. And now you have a guy who's coming in. I, I'm not going to say he's 100% the reason because but players a, have to buy him. But, I mean, he's setting part. the example. Yeah. So, like, they, they play defense first. Austin Rivers is locked in. And you said you said Austin Rivers was a scrub. And he's been one of their best players. Yeah. I, I mean, I do still think he's a scrub. But scrub, he, scrubs playing there. Yeah. He's, he's averaging 11.8 points per game. On 38% shooting, that could go up a little bit. He's shooting 45% from three. Okay, I mean, congrats. Like, you can shoot oh the ball. All NBA gosh. players should be able to shoot the ball. They probably shoot 2,000 jumpers a day. I and think that you might have be... some personal hate for Austin Rivers because he's been hooping. I, I think it is because of how he acted at Duke. And oh, my how gosh. How many he just translate in the NBA. Like, he just, I still feel like he. I think he, he's like Reggie Jackson. I still think he thinks he's better oh, than what he is. That's so disrespectful because Reggie Jackson is trash. But Reggie Jackson's been playing well. So, you know Has what I mean? He? It's like, yes. He's garbage. So, you, we could go both ways with those two <laughs> I players. I guess. I guess. I thought that was a horrible comparison. I also, just, Rivers knows his role. I think Reggie Jackson thinks he's like the best point guard in basketball. Well, he might think he's the best play, uh, point guard on that team. I mean, the way he plays, it. the things he tries to do on the court, you, you, you think he was Russell Westbrook or, or Chris Paul. Yeah, but who else is going to try to take those shots? Tobias Harris? That's yeah, who's it. been I know, I got, I got something on him later as well. He's been great. So, uh, yeah, enough of the Clippers talk. Or, or, so you're buying them then? I, I've been buying them since the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I you, knew what was going to happen with this team. I knew, I knew they were all going to buy in. CP, and I'm going to say this on the record. Oh, no. Losing CP3 was the best thing to happen to the Los Angeles Clippers organization. All right, uh, that's saying a lot. Um, it was. It was like Chris Paul was detrimental to that team. I mean, Chris Paul is a, is a great talent, but so nobody he's a bad wanted teammate. to play with him. You think he's a bad teammate then? I'm not going to give him that title. I just think Chris Paul has the mentality when it comes to basketball kind of like Kobe. Some players didn't like playing with Kobe. Right. You know, they're just those type of players who just want to win so bad that sometimes They'll they overdo things. Put a teammate down or yeah, something like you that. You know, 
but they 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 mean they don't mean no harm that's, by it. But some players take offense to it, and that's why I'm waiting to see once he comes back how the Rockets are going to play because the I, Rockets have been hooping since he left. They have, and, and but we've said that. I, we don't know, but what that's what they be. did last year when James Harden when it was just James Harden yeah, there. So I mean, it's not that surprising. Would you be surprised if he was traded at the deadline? I do only for the fact of what the Rockets gave up in that trade. The players that they lost. Hmm. A bunch of like role players. Yeah. Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Montrezl. I mean, they're not guys that it's just a group of guys that can just go out and play ten, twelve minutes and get you a couple points, a couple rebounds, stuff like that. Especially Patrick Beverly defensive wise, but I'd look out for that. Don't be surprised if that's if it if that's happens. I have no clue who they're trading them to. That's the only problem. I mean that that could be a whole another discussion, but yeah, that could Spurs, but you know we won't get into that. So let's get into uh, those Orlando Magic. Are you buying <laughs> or selling them? I'm selling. <laughs> I am selling. I am not so one bit. This is every we always have that one team who starts the season just flawless. This is them. This won't last. And you if this does last, so? if this does last, I apologize. Come back and say. I, I was wrong, just like I was wrong about the, the Grizzly. But come on, Jeremy. Are you kidding me? Are you I kidding me? I don't know if I'm fully buying them, oh but gosh. I'm not fully selling them either. Oh I'm in, in between right now, and the only reason I say that is because the East is just atrocious. So if they sneak into the eighth spot over maybe a Detroit or a Heat, it not wouldn't happening. surprise me. It would surprise the hell out of me. Yeah, well... I mean, listen, I, I'm going to give them credit for what they've done with Aaron Gordon. Putting him at the power forward was genius. It yeah, unleashed and, them. And I have, he's shooting 55% from the field and 58% from three. That that won't last. <laughs> I'm just saying. You think that's going to last? No, obviously he's not going to contain the 58% from three because that would be phenomenal. But I'm just saying, for right now, between him and Fournier, they're They've been hooping for them. You know who else has been good for Orlando? Jonathan Simmons. Uh, yes, he has. I he's thought you were going to say 16, Vucevic. Yeah, I mean, he's been all right. Jonathan Simmons is averaging 16.2 points for that team off the bench. And, I mean, that's you know, not surprising, though, coming from the Spurs. I mean, it's surprising for me because I didn't see that in San Antonio. And, you know, he was one of the things I saw from the interview was he was excited to go to Orlando so he can do more things. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't getting this minutes in San Antonio. See, that's the reason why I'm not surprised because when he got in the games for the Spurs it was a different team it was a more active team they got up and down more and then Pop would just pull him like it was it was confusing when I watched him in San Antonio sometimes Simmons was doing some dumb stuff when he was playing but But, I mean players do dumb stuff all the time you don't just see him go oh come over here come take a seat can you do dumb stuff in San Antonio it's, a, it's expectations. I don't know. L.A. been doing some dumb stuff when he's asking for a trade and he wants to be the man. Like, and now he's hooping. Yeah, because Kawhi's he not had, there. But. He, he, mm, that's it. I, we'll talk about that. That's 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 a good point because I, I agree with you. But sitting down with Pop was good for him. But I mean, Fournier's shooting 55% from three. He's not going to probably keep – but he is a shooter. Listen, their offense has been lights out. Frank Vogel's done a phenomenal job. I'm just not – I would not buy no stocks with the other. And, and shout out to Evan Fournier because I've gotten maybe five, six times when I'm walking down the street. You you know Evan Fournier? I'm like, yeah. You Do look you? just like him. Now people would just say that I would look just like him. Who? People. I, when I went to Orlando, uh, I, I went to a taco place. A girl said, "You know who Evan Fournier is?" I said, "Yeah, he's a basketball player for the Magic." She was like, 
You look just like him. Jeremy, these people are lying to you. <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, I'm just quoting we really, what... I'm just quoting what people say. They're lying to you. That's what it was. I used to have that little top-knot man bun. And so that's what Evan Fournier used to have. Even with no. the comb over, people are like, you know Not, what? You look like him. Oh, my God. They're lying to you, Jeremy. I think you're lying about <laughs> You know who you It's look- either that or Gordon Hayward. Those no. are the only two people I get. Jeremy, you look like Luke Kennard. Oh, stop I told it. you this. Stop I told it. you this. Listen, remember when I sent you? I added when on Twitter. I tagged you in that video of Luke Kennard. Stop Cunard, the madness the shimmy, right now. The shimmy. That's what you do, Jeremy. I look more like Evan Fournier or Gordon Hayward than Luke. You don't even look one percent close to the, those guys. Ah, uh, you know. Hey, hey, everybody, go on Google and look up Luke Kennard, and then look up my guy Jeremy. Stevens. And then look up Gordon Hayward, or honestly, or uh, Scott Disick, Lord Disick. I I get called that sometimes. That's we why are, I call myself Lord Jeremy we're, sometimes. We're definitely <laughs> not getting into that. that oh, is all right. But so can we get into my my Cleveland that, Cavaliers, the three and four start who just came off a loss to the Knicks? Absolutely, let's do it. That that was. It was hard to watch. We let up 114 points yep, to the New York Knicks. You know what your defensive rating is so far through six through six games? 112.5. You know, you know what rank that is? 27th. And you know what? It doesn't surprise me because that's how they are all year, mm. every year. But they're we, always bad defensively until maybe like the last month of the season when they decide to turn it on for some reason but the expectation coming into this season was we added these wing players we're going to be a better defensive team that was the expectation yeah but here, here jay crowder is averaging 25 minutes per game that is not going to happen all year it's gonna his minutes are gonna pick up i don't know if it's really he just got demoted huh he just got demoted to the bench well, i know but down the stretch you can play people off the bench more down I the know, stretch than starters Tyler especially has... if you need a defensive stop he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, no, he doesn't. And I don't know if it's too early to fire him or not. Cause he's certainly let, on the hot seat. Let's not forget he did bring a championship. Oh, well, well, LeBron, LeBron brought, brought the championship. Yeah, and Kyrie. LeBron the, and Kyrie did. But yeah, yes, Kyrie was the coach of that team. But I'm not giving him zero credit for that. Zero. What did he do? I mean, I mean, what did he do, Jeremy? I mean, he... I don't know. You don't know because because yeah, know. he hasn't proven yeah to me anything. All this yet. talent, and he has no idea what to do. You guys are one in four over your last five games. It's I only know. Six and, games. And, and and like LeBron said, what what month are we in? October. You're right. Yeah, and I'm and not I, really worried about I, it right now. I have an exact quote. I'm going to read that. I'm too. not really worried right now. You I'm going to take LeBron's side oh on this. Oh my gosh! Of course you are. You guys have losses to Orlando. Well, Orlando. Okay, what well, we were just talking about. Okay, Brooklyn. Without your guy, D'Angelo Russell. Yes. Because LeBron, who says he wants to shoot 80% free throws, couldn't make the clutch free throws. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. New Orleans, not really surprised. They got two guys who just nobody yeah. on that team can guard. Right. Or your team can guard. Maybe LeBron if he tried his hardest. And the Knicks, disaster. You guys are 16th in offensive rating, 106.9 points per game. But, I mean, that's going to come. I, mean, I, I still also, is what's, what's crazy. Yeah, man. and I still also think... We have to give them a little time just because of everything that happened in the offseason trying to bring in these new guys. Um, it's kind of like with OKC. I know those are th- that's like a big three over there, but yeah. you know it's just new players coming in. I will say I do think Ty Lue is on the hot seat, and if they Has fire him, 
there's only one coach I want him to go for them to go get, and if it's not him, then keep Ty Lue, and it's Mark Jackson. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And that is the only other coach I would want because I, I couldn't even. I don't want to bring anybody from college. LeBron's not going to want that. I, and Mark Jackson has proven himself in the NBA to win games. He'll be great for this team simply because he's a defensive-minded coach. So he'll definitely be good in that regard. I, I wouldn't be against Kevin McHale. I wouldn't yeah, be against but it. He's not really a defensive coach. He's so. not, but he's a good coach. Yeah, I mean, he's a good, a good coach. point, Kevin McHale. But and I, I mean, it, it, I, I just feel like LeBron could be more understanding with Mark Jackson than he could Kevin McHale. Because possibly. I don't know. I feel like I mean, I think Mark Jackson loves LeBron, so it's like mm. they'd have that relationship. Mm. But I don't know. Kevin McHale. I mean, I would rather have Mark Jackson, obviously, but it well, wouldn't yeah, be a bad defense. second choice. Yeah, but I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Mark Jackson is definitely my number one option. That's no question about that. Uh, that yeah, that's the only coach I would want right now. So, so not being biased, I know it's your team. So you don't think we should be paying again? I know, I know. LeBron said this is what LeBron said in, in his interview. He said it's a long process. It's way too early to judge. We are out two starting point guards. Well, Rose is back now. So I'm not overlooking what's going on. I wasn't overlooking if we had success. I'm not going to overlook if we had a couple games off. I'm not getting too high and getting too low. I'm an even kill guy. I understand this is a long process. We played some different lineups. We played some crazy lineups that we haven't played in practice, so we'll continue to get better. So so we so we shouldn't panic. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Don't I be mean, biased what, what, as a team. Whether the Cavs were three and four or seven and zero, oh, I truly think LeBron would have said the the same stuff. Like he doesn't just settle for right. You course. know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be panicking a little, but I'm not over the top like you are saying that they're absolutely trash and all that. Because by <laughs> in, in in two months, when all of a sudden they're you know went on a fifteen two run or something like that, then we'll be having a different conversation. Listen, you know what I mean? I, it's just, it's too early. I, I, I said I said they were trash as a joke, but now that we're being, we're being serious, they're not trash. This is just, it's, just it's not, a horrible start defensively. I mean, they have been awful. Yeah, terrible. it's just not good basketball. Oh, the team. Like, if you look at it's the, not the stats, fit, bro. the stats aren't even bad for the players uh, like if you look at Kevin Love box score, you're like like who who's playing bad? And you look at some of the yeah, players. Yeah, he's playing good. And, and it's like LeBron is you know doing what he does, and you're looking at it and my, who I key in on is J.R. Smith. Since he's gotten put back because into the he, lineup, he cannot Jeremy, shoot the Jeremy, ball. You have to understand. We know we know what LeBron. We know what we're getting from LeBron. Kevin Love's doing Kevin his Love's thing. Kevin Love's been doing his thing. I thought it, I I I wasn't too thrilled about him being a five just because of what that would do to his body, the wear and tear. Yes. So, interesting Tristan Thompson I thought was a good idea, but J.R. Smith lost... He, he's looking for his confidence, bro. He was demoted without giving the opportunity to fight for a starting spot. I know it's with respect to Dwayne Wade, but let's be real. We all knew Dwayne Wade was a horrible fit for this team. We knew it. I knew it. You knew it. You I probably, didn't, I didn't you probably know were going to say it. No, I didn't know it because I think he'll be just fine because he's playing along his best friend. Best friends make, like on the basketball court, if you're playing with your best friend, you can't really play bad. It's just, uh, yes, you have four other guys, five other guys, six other guys that you have to implement into the offense and stuff. But with D-Wade and LeBron, I mean, 
they go together so like when Wade has the ball at the about the elbow and they do that little backdoor cut and it's an alley oop. I don't know why they don't run that every single time. Jeremy, this is not Miami. I, I'm just saying that's what they've been doing, and I don't know why they don't run it every single time until it stopped. It's like the pick and roll with Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. Why not run that until it stopped? I'm going to go as far as say Dwayne Wade's unhappy in Cleveland. Will he say? Would he really be unhappy with not. LeBron on the team? He's unhappy, bro. This, this is he, he. He can't find no rhythm. I mean, he's averaging like five points a game. He, he, it's it's just not a good. Everybody knew that this was a horrible fit for for Dwayne Wade. We did. It was a horrible fit. This this isn't the, this isn't his style. This this offense is not his style, bro. He should have went to San Antonio, like I said. Oh my goodness! But here we go. I I, I we'll, we'll give it some time. It's only six games, and I want to make sure that our listeners know. We know it's a small sample size, but Dwayne Wade has looked uncomfortable, out of place. Yes, you know. He's, he's looked, he's I I truly lost. think he will get better, but. I don't know. Only time will tell, to be honest. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's let's hope so. But I, I, I thought this was interesting. We talked about this a little bit earlier before we got started. Uh, here's what Ty Lue said. I thought these were. I thought this was very interesting. He said the other interesting theory um, that he had was that some of the Cavs' new players are struggling because playing alongside LeBron James is intimidating. What do you think about that? Did he? Ever say which players, or is it just? Of course, he's not going to say which players. Um, I mean, just the the new players. So, could be Rose, it could be Jay Crowder, um, could be Jeff Green, I guess. But Jeff Green hasn't been doing as bad as I thought he would. I'm just going to go and say it's Rose and Jay Crowder. You think? Let's be real. So, what I think about that, I I think. I think, well, at least for Jay Crowder, he hasn't had someone of LeBron's magnitude, that kind of player, around him to, I guess, be intimidated by. Mm -hmm. Rose, I mean, he was alongside, his best player was Jimmy Butler and Melo, who's not going to be that intimidating either. Yeah, I I probably would say Rose is that intimidating. Rose has been around. Yeah, Rose is kind of just, I mean. Yeah. LeBron's Rose is the MVP of the yeah, league. Yeah, so. and, and LeBron has spoken highly of Rose yeah, since he's I, gotten I, there. So I doubt it. So you, at this point, I'm I'm the only thinking. Do you, Jay Crowder? Do you think players are intimidated playing with LeBron? Like, why why do you think players would be intimidated playing with arguably the greatest player ever? Because in a way, I think he's like because the Chris, standard. I, no, I think it's because he's kind of like Chris Paul and Kobe, and the fact that he just. Mm. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad teammate, but all he cares about is winning. So, I don't think he's nothing like. I don't think he's nothing no, like. No, uh, I know, no, but Kobe what you were saying about like LeBron might say something wrong to his teammate that oh might, they might get offended by yeah, it? or oh, like man. you know trying to encourage him, but the other player you know takes it as he's you know yeah. downgrading me, you know whatever. Okay, I something see like that. Just what more normal superstars probably do, but yeah. I just don't think some of these players have had that kind of player to you know have yeah. them say that which i mean if i'm jay crowder i'm just listening to to lebron and trying to get better i'm sure whatever lebron's telling him is to get him better it's not yeah. like lebron's trying to make these players worse or for you know, sure. do anything like that for sure hey, hey whatever's going on in cleveland that three and four start is is, is not it does not look good um but you know we, we won't panic right no. now shout out you lebron know. one time 
We we won't panic. We'll we'll, we'll play it. We'll, we'll play it out. See how it is. That defensive rating has got to improve because, whoa! I mean, this. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, if, if they're playing this defense, you know, potentially in the NBA finals of the Warriors, the Warriors might sweep them. Let's uh, not but get. Let's not get too far in because you know they might they, they beat y'all four one. But the Warriors are four and three, one game better than us, and nobody wants to seem to talk about them. So I mean. They're four and three. They're not playing great. And they basketball. just lost to the Pistons. It ain't like they're losing the top tier teams. But their problem should should be three and four right now. If we're being real with the Wizards, they should have hmm. they should have beat them if John Wall knew what he was doing down the stretch. But okay. So like I'm not. That's why I'm not really panicking. It's not like anybody's really blowing it out of the waters besides like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Clippers. But what here's what I say about the Warriors. I said to you earlier. We know. <laughs> the, we, we know, know yeah. We know what the Warriors will be and what they are still. But their why, problem right now is just turnover. They're, they're turning the ball over too much. But That's their problem. Why it's do not you, scoring. Why do you act like every year since basically LeBron James has entered the league, people go, oh man, like they're two and six in the last eight games. Are they doomed? Listen. By the last month in the NBA, they're playing the basketball that they need to play and going into the uh, playoffs and make the NBA Finals. Like, I don't know why this surprises people. I don't understand it. It surprises me because everybody was saying this was LeBron's best team he's ever had. Ooh. Okay, no, because... That's what people are saying. That was his, uh, well, I don't know who's team. saying that because this is the best team he's ever had. When you play alongside Chris Bosh and Wade, I'm pretty sure that'd be the best team you've ever. This is this is the best, maybe group group oh, he's had. Yeah, maybe group. You but didn't that, that would be pushing it too. Did you expect him to? Are are we going to put the blame on this start because LeBron didn't play in the preseason? Hell no. Is that where you're getting that? Because I hope that's no. not where you're getting Look. LeBron James will be fine. The Cavs will be fine. I'm so not the, worried. The Cavs still finals bound. They're still in yes. It. Okay. There's no. They're, they're team. coming. They're coming out of the East. There's yeah. no team in the East that can give them a run. Still, that's what mm, you're saying. No. And I'm gonna stand by that. That's no. surprising because there are two teams. Maybe let me yeah, guess. The teams. Celtics. No, I'm not gonna say the Celtics. And you know how much I it pains so the me Wizards. not to be able to say that. But I'm going to say the Wizards, and I'm going to say the Bucks. Stop. We beat the Bucks. I'm going to say the Bucks because. All right. Well, right now, if we were to play the Wizards in a seven-game series, I still think we'd win that. Would you win the Bucks series? You just... Yes. What would, what would the series be? The Bucks. Yeah. Six or seven. Okay. I just want to it's see not you. like it's four and five. Okay. I just want to see the, you... with the Wizards. It might be five. You are just because that's just solely based on John Wall isn't playing that well right now. Okay. Not doing at least what I expected of him because I had him in top three MVP candidate and right now he's not. Okay, so that's the only reason. Okay, so we don't need to panic about the Cavs start. No, and I know you will, but I'm not. I'm not panicking. I'm just surprised. But listen, I mean, we could be surprised about everything. Listen, I've made some mistakes with, with my prediction, so I, I I won't I won't panic about the Cavs. But if and the and maybe over the when we get to 15 games, 15 20 games, and their record is still bad. Okay, then maybe def- I'll start panicking a little. But okay, all right, that's it. Okay, let let. <sighs> Let's get into the Markel Fultz shoulder drama going on in Philly. 
Here's what I say on this. <laughs> the Sixers have been doomed for so long with players getting injured. They said that Sam Hinkie didn't know what he was doing, that he was incompetent. He had no clue what he, what he was doing. With drafting Markel? With, with drafting or? or just running the Sixers organization. Okay. And from what I've seen so far with this whole Markel Fultz thing and how they're handling it, it seems like the Colangelos are incompetent. They have no idea what they're doing. If they knew that Markel Fultz's shoulder was no good. And I think people did, actually. So why the hell were they trying to play him? But did you think playing him would make it better? No, I just... I don't... Like, a lot of people, not necessarily hide injuries, but, like, as a young player, you don't want to just sit on the sideline. You want to go out there and prove that, you know, you're the... So you don't think Markel Fultz... No, I'm not saying... I'm just... If you talk to your doctor, you know, like, I want to play tonight, you know, they just try and cover it up. It's kind of like with football concussions. Is that how people run organizations? If you're... I mean, I'm not saying that's how they should be ran, but I'm... That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm just saying that... It's like that. It's like football concussions where they don't want to just sit on the sidelines. They want to be out there playing. Then Colangelo needs to be fired. <laughs> it's as simple as that. My whole thing is, were they trying to change his shot because they knew the shoulder injury? Because that free throw is as bad as I've ever seen. It's horrible. And if that was the case, I say it again, Colangelo should be fired. Like that form is just atrocious. Do you, do you think it was because he was trying to change the shot? You're saying the form? Yeah. Be, do you think that you think that made it worse? I don't know because he didn't shoot that good of a percentage at uh, Washington from free throws but when he was there. But he wasn't this horrible. No, and I mean, like, he's not even hitting the rim. He's, he's not airballing I mean, It's horrible. At least Roberson's got a nice form. He airballs oh, him, but Lord. at least his form is decent. Lord. But oh, I don't gosh. know. It's You feel bad for the Sixers because they just got to go. They go through an injury with Embiid, then Simmons, now Fultz. And it's that's like, my point. I mean, you, you, you have this track record of, of these situations with your other rookies, Embiid, like you said, Simmons. Wouldn't you be more careful this time around? I mean, your third time around with Fultz. I mean, they said this guy was, was the missing piece. Yeah, um... I mean, they're still really young, so maybe the missing piece in four to five years, but I don't know. I think, I don't know. I I don't care so much that he's out right now because he wasn't even that exciting to watch. It's more about the Embiid and Simmons show. You, so, think he was, oh, you mean here at, at, with Philly or yeah, just in college? Yeah, in Philly, like he wasn't, oh, okay. and at Washington, he really wasn't that exciting to watch. He had some good games. But... I agree, though. Yeah, so I'd rather watch him beat in Simmons and let Markel Fultz rest on the sideline with a shoulder injury than so much worry about him. Yeah. Because Ben Simmons... Oh, what a stud. ...has been unbelievable so far. He has exceeded my expectations. Of Average, averaging right now 17.5 points per game, 9.5 rebounds per game, and 7.5 and assists on 50% shooting. Almost a triple-double. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everybody wants to talk about Lonzo Ball. I think we need to start talking about Ben Simmons more. Who I I if people aren't talking about Ben Simmons, I don't know what's going on because he because he's been exceptional. His, his potential is through the roof. Right oh now. my goodness! Well, 
he, one thing holding him back, and if he had this now, oh boy, he has got to develop that shot. That's what that that was the only thing that because my man is six eight. Yeah. Basically, their point guard right now, just carrying up the ball, like has handles too. Has the, I mean, we know about his court vision. Yeah. It's off the off the charts. But if he could get a jump shot oh along with my gosh the amount of talent he has already, unstoppable. I mean, it's it's unstoppable. Along um, with going with uh, Embiid, it's unstoppable. Jim. And I actually I had Ben Simmons as my third for rookie of the year, but right now. He might be number one, and then Jason Tatum is a really close two. Okay. Dennis Smith was at two for me, but I mean the Mavs are like one and six, and just hasn't been. Yeah, they've been awful. And, and yeah, he hasn't been playing that well. So between Simmons and Tatum, but those two are by far the the best rookies to watch and most fun players to watch. Yeah. Other than that, it's just like you know, there's a couple highlights with Fox or Mitchell, but. Let me ask you this. I think I think I texted you this before. I think you were laughing when I said it. So I was watching Undisputed, and I was listening to what Chris, Chris Broussard was saying. Oh boy, I <laughs> cannot stand about yeah, Chris Broussard. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he he, he was NBA. talking about Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid, and he said that he believed they had the potential to be um, very uh, Kareem like. Kareem Magic like. I mean, their potential. See, that, that's one of my problem with these these analysts is that they put such a high standard on these players, especially when they're this young. Why can't you just let them go out and play ball? Why you always got to compare this person to this or this tandem to the next tandem? I mean, it's always like that. Every new generation of yeah, players, you always have, there's always somebody that you can compare them to. But yeah, I. But I, I mean, it's a it's a easy. You put too much pressure on. Yeah, that. and it's an easy case to say. No, they're not going to be magic and cream like because we haven't seen enough of them. Yeah, you know I, I mean, I agree. like I don't even think there's a question of even bringing that up. I mean, Joe Embiid is a dominant force. Yeah, with, without a doubt. But I'd like to see him play more than 32 total games and get that. Yeah, I think they've you know they've lifted up his minute restriction, so they're making progress. I I like what I've seen from Philly so far in their games. They're they're always in it. Even yes. though they lose some games, they their execution in the fourth quarter in the last couple minutes when the game is close, it's horrible. Yes, but they are always in games. From every game I've seen from them, they've been in it. And the thing is, is they were in all the games that Joel and B played in last year. Yeah, even if they had lost, like they were still close. He, he creates, he gets so much attention. Yeah, so it's that doesn't even surprise me. Like this team is actually fun to watch. They are. They are Joel Embiid is, is actually somebody I enjoy watching. Simmons as well too, but yes. Joel Embiid, man, he's just. I mean, he is this too. Let me know if I'm reaching. Oh no! Is he the most dominant big man since Shaq? Absolutely not. Just based solely on the fact that he's only played 32 total games. But in those 32 games, no, because he's I don't over 20 points a game. No, because Shaq back in his magic days, could get the rebound and outrun seven of the ten players. You know what I, I mean? I know we're seeing uh, Joel Embiid out here running point guard when he gets the rebound. Yes, but he's not as quick and fast as Shaq was back in the magic well, days. Well, when I say and, dominant, and I don't mean like, saying like creating creating plays. or creating, I'm talking about when he gets the ball, it's literally one move, bang. bang. I mean, he's trying to kill people out here. When he gets the ball, he is trying to kill people. Yes, the only problem I have with Joel Embiid right now 
is you what you probably like about him. I just think he's he's talking a little bit too much. That makes it even better because See, he I knew backs you would like it that. up every single but time. I love players who talk trash and back it up. If you don't back it up, I don't even want to hear anything come out of your mouth. But he's talking as like Hassan Whiteside said, like as if he's played a full season or you know whatever. Like go out there and play a full season or maybe even seventy games before you start talking to these players, saying, "Oh, Andre Drummond, I mean, yeah, Andre Drummond can't guard me." Blah blah blah. Like you're I just, feel you. You're, you're fueling other players. I feel you, Jeremy. But the man backs it up in the games that he does play. Yeah, he hasn't played a full season, but when he talks trash. Before the game about the player, or maybe after, he backs it up every time. And these players, if we're being real, Hassan Whiteside couldn't guard him. Andre Drummond couldn't guard him. He be he eats down there, Jeremy. But you know, I don't think you give enough credit. I don't think you're giving Doby enough credit, bro. Do you know how disrespectful it is to point to the Heat's bench and be like, "You got sub out Hassan Whiteside because he can't guard." Why is it me? disrespectful? You're warning the coach to get their man out before they get killed even okay, more. Okay, stop. See, now... He is... Joe Embiid is the best trash talker in NBA basketball right now. The best trash talker. And backs and it I up think every he, night. I don't know about every night. But I he, love I it. think he's he, he's more on Twitter than any dude in the NBA is. And I I think he needs to stay off. Not stay off fully. I mean, yeah, make some comedy for some people in the media. But he's it's changing just, just the focus culture. on basketball. He's changing the culture in Philadelphia. This is the best. This is this is the most fun Philadelphia has seen in years. Since Last time they, they had this much excitement around one player or two players or whatever was Allen Iverson. Yeah. Or that 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 run when the, when the Sixers beat the Bulls in the playoffs. It was excitement. But they haven't they haven't had that player. Give listen. I'm gonna go as no, far I'm, as saying Joe B needs jo- a statue right now. Okay. He needs no, a, my Jeremy, goodness. he needs a statue right no, now outside of Philadelphia. Absolutely not. He is he is bringing that organization back to life, word by word, play by play, dunk by dunk, move by move. Everything Joel and B does is exciting. You're you're getting me too worked up on somebody that I actually believe in. That's the only thing. Like I, you act like I'm saying he's garbage or something like no, that. I know no, like he's, he's garbage. Really good. I just think he needs to take it down a notch. I don't. I think it's exciting. Yeah, you, you love this kind of stuff. It's 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 because it's something for you to talk about no, and the not, media to talk it's about. It's not something for us to talk about. It's just bringing the sun over a cloudy place. <laughs> That's just what it is. I mean, oh Philadelphia has been in the dark for a long time, and finally, there's some sunshine and a reason to smile. Okay, fair enough. Brett I, Brown wakes up every morning with a what big smile on his and face. He says, yeah, yeah, I have Joel you, Embiid. Thank you, Lord, for giving me Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons healthy. Thank you so much. Yeah, but I think, he I think almost through, any coach in the NBA would wake up with a smile on his face if he had those Brett two Brown's players. been through hell. Yes, he has. And he's stuck with them, and that's why I like Brett Brown. He's stuck. Usually, this, I mean, I'm pretty sure this kills your mental as a coach. Like, your mental, like, your mind is, like, just the losing. Losing sucks. Yes. But, but he's stuck with them. He's been dedicated, and I'm so happy for the Philadelphia And, and I'm glad the Sixers. Sixers haven't really given up on him so quick, Brett Brown, when he wasn't winning games. Because they knew, like, you know, Joel Embiid was hurt and yeah. stuff. Like, I'm glad they stuck with him, and they didn't just fire him as soon as he had, you know, a losing season or something like that. What he's doing over there, he's creating a culture. Absolutely. I'm so excited for Philadelphia, but, uh, you know, hey, I hope Marco Fultz, you know, figures out his injury. They said it's he's, uh, you know, meeting with shoulder specialists. He's out definitely with soreness and the 
scapular muscle imbalance in his right shoulder. They say he'll be reevaluated in three weeks. So, you know, I hope he get, I hope he gets back. I yeah. hope he gets the situation done because I, I can't wait to see him play. You know, I trust the process. Hopefully, hopefully he can return to the court soon, healthy and, and playing well. Hopefully. So, the Wizards-Lakers game. John Wall versus Lonzo Ball. And, and, and Gortat saying John's going to show no mercy. And I actually thought John Wall would show him no mercy, and I thought he'd have a much better game than he did. It's horrible. But I, I don't know. I mean, it... It's not like John Wall's been having that great of a year anyways. It's not like this was, that was his only bad game of the he's season. He's doing too much. So, I think, he, I think he just needs to believe in his guys more. Yeah. I think he needs to stop trying to do too much with the ball and just play team basketball more than trying to take it all on your... Like, you finally have players around you. Like, get them involved. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean... I, it, it, the only I, thing really about that game was the whole coming into it, Lonzo, John Wall matchup. And, I mean, it wasn't as exciting as everybody thought. It, I mean, it was an exciting really? game, but I'm saying just the matchup between them wasn't as exciting. LeVar Ball was in John Wall's head that entire game from when the when the, when the the ball went up for tip-off. LeVar Ball was in his head the entire game. I mean, yeah, John Wall finished with 18 points, three rebounds, nine assists. He was 7 for 22 shooting. I mean, he didn't have his great game. Lonzo Ball had six points, eight rebounds, ten assists on two to eleven shooting. But you know what I thought? I thought Wall was being overly aggressive in that game. I think he was so determined to you go know, at Lonzo. Go at Lonzo Ball that I mean he he just wasn't playing team basketball. He wasn't playing wizard basketball because he was so focused on Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo do you, Ball do you actually paid him think no money. Was that focused yes, on I Lonzo do, Ball? Yes, I do. You, Every time down I, the court. John Wall wanted to go one-on-one with Lonzo Ball every time. Because I just don't think John Wall is the type of guy that, like, going into the game, he's like, man, I just want to, like, destroy this dude. He was on it that night. The first five minutes of the game, and and, and this is this is a shout-out to Lonzo Ball, too, because that means he's been watching film. He plucked John Wall, like, three times. Yes. But, which, just because you pluck somebody... I mean, it doesn't mean... Steal, like, getting a steal is not... Good defense. You know what I mean? Like that. That I've always been taught that getting a steal is not good defense. Like if you, so if you lock somebody down mm-hmm. and you make them take a contested shot, mm-hmm. like that's better defense than just like stripping him of the ball and then going down the other way. Okay. First time you 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 strip you strip John Wall. I'm, I'm just gonna use the example for Alonzo and John. First time you strip him. Good, good, good D. Which I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure who taught you that part, but good D. Second time, he's on it. Third time, I just know your game. I just know your game. If I'm plucking you three times, three times in a five minute span. I plucked you on every time you drive the basket. I mean, John Wall. If if they were to meet again, of course. Come on, it's we... gonna be different, but I mean, it's one early game. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't like John Wall had that great of a game. But against... it was a big game going in. It was all was over it... the media. Yeah, but it was, was everywhere. It, but was it actually a big game? It was a big because game for the, that was, was the fourth Lakers. or fifth game of the season. So it doesn't really matter. It's just 
LeVar hypes it up, and so the media hypes it up, so that's why it's considered a big game. Because I don't really think Lakers. it was that big of a game. Because, congrats, they won. They're still not making the playoffs. Like, it, well, you know what I mean? We know that, but... It, it just, it's it was not a big as game. big of a game as I thought everybody was making it out to seem. I thought it was a big game. I, 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 we saw, I saw a lot in that game. I saw Lonzo Ball and his calmness on the court. Uh, you know, we saw Brandon Ingram's potential. I mean, yes, which I want to touch on. I just like very shortly. I think <clears throat> Brandon Ingram will be better than Kuzma, and I don't know why people keep shutting Brandon Ingram down and act like Kuzma's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> like I, I don't understand it, but Kuzma. Kuzma, listen, I, I, I don't Kuzma see is kind of like Tatum. He's just NBA ready. His <laughs> moves, if you watch him, I don't know if you watch every Lakers game, but I have been watching every Lakers game. And Kuzma is like, Brendan Ingram, I think, is just trying too hard. He's trying too hard. And I think because, that's because. Yeah, the, we, we set such a high yeah, expectation for him. And with Kuzma, it's like, oh, like you were a late round pick. Like if you're giving us 10 a game, like that's huge for us. Jeremy. Kuzma's on the court in the fourth quarter in the clutch minutes for a reason. I'm just saying, I think Brandon Ingram's potential is so much higher, and I think that's why he will be. Like, if I'm starting a team today, like, I'm taking Brandon Ingram. I'm not taking Kuzma. And I'm taking him 10 out of 10 times over Kuzma. But that's all That's all I wanted to touch on because that's. Brent, right. I, I just don't get the hype with Kuzma. Brandon Ingram had that one good game. I still need to see more. I definitely saw the potential. Uh, I they said he said that his shot improved over the summer. I can't really tell. I think it looks worse than than what it was before. But you know uh, it, he's still young. Yes, you know he still has time. But you know going back to Lonzo, you know one thing I'll say is down the stretch I just saw Lonzo and when he played down the fourth quarter stretch in the overtime he played with so much. Calmness, someone's patience. You could just see, like, it's like he, like he's been here before. I know it was just what third game for them. I, I, I get it, but every game for the Lakers is an important game. <laughs> yeah, every and game. I, I mean Lonzo. I mean, we said this before. Lonzo doesn't really talk. He just goes out there with that same facial expression the whole game, whether he's hit ten threes in a row or gone over ten. Yeah, he. Just, so it doesn't even surprise me. Like he's just, he's cool. He just he's got plays. a cool demeanor, like. So it doesn't even surprise me that, you know, he, he probably didn't even think it really was a big game, to be honest. Because well, he just, it's, it's whatever for him. Because he's not the one talking, you know what I mean? Like, it's his teammates. And yeah, it's people just like, talk for him. I mean, Yeah, so he doesn't really have to say anything. And, like, when he has a bad game, you know, oh, that's my fault. Like, I need to play better. When he has a good game, shout out to my teammates. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think Alonzo, I don't think we'll ever hear Alonzo talk trap because he already has somebody to do that for him. Yeah, he Here, doesn't need to. Here's what LeVar, had, LeVar said post-game, and, I, and it was very interesting. He says, the good thing about Alonzo is we don't have to worry about stats. I told him, hey, they got you for one reason, and that's to close out games. It's a team game, he said, and that's how you are going to beat someone. If you go one-on-one, you are never going to win. If you keep taking it personal – Trying to go one-on-one with my son, you're going to lose every time. And I thought that was genius because he's so right. Every player that LeVar Ball has called out has taken it personal in their game. Yeah, they didn't win that Patrick Beverly game, but they've taken it personal and it kind of takes them out of their comfort zone, out of of their game. And that's exactly what LeVar Ball did with John Wall. John Wall 
like I said, he was trying to beat, he was trying to destroy Lonzo Ball so bad, even in the final seconds of the game. Bradley Bill was wide open in the corner. What did John Wall try to do? Take a double clutch three over Lonzo Ball to be the hero. No, but that's also why I think I said it before. Now that John Wall like, has teammates around him and have, are playing well, like you're a distributor first. Like, why not distribute to your team? Like, why try and be the man? Yes, you're still the man on that team, but you gotta. It's like LeBron. Just make the best basketball play at the end of the game. Yeah, and that's my point. Instead of passing it to a wide open guy, Bradley. Bill, and you think that has to the, play a role because absolute. There's no. See, question. I think you just read too much into Levar Ball. Jeremy. I don't pay Levar Ball any attention. Jeremy. I, I, I'm, not even, I, I'm not even talking about LeVar Ball. I'm talking about how bad John Wall won to win that game and to make sure that he hit the game winner over Lonzo Ball. Yeah, but Did I, you watch that game? And I'm saying the only reason you're bringing it up was because LeVar Ball was talking. I mean, why not? He made a great point when he said that when when it, when, when, when people take it personal when the thing he says against his son. They, they, when somebody takes it personal every time, like uh, he said that they'll lose to him every time. He's, they're not going to lose to him every time. They take it personal. We don't. We we gotta see. I, I haven't seen Levar talk about anybody else yet. But Patrick Beverly, I, I, and Patrick I, Beverly did what he did. You know what I mean? So like, it's been two games, and what he's one for one right now. Like, I'm just cares? saying about that game specifically. John Wall wanted to make sure that he destroyed Lonzo Ball. He did. It. Jeremy, a double clutch three to win the game on Lonzo Ball when Bradley Bill's wide open. Is that even a as 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 the point guard of your team? Does that even make sense? Is John John Wall's not even that great of a shooter? No, he's not. Especially three especially point from shooter. three, yeah. and then to take a double clutch three on Lonzo. It happened to be Lonzo Ball who was the guy who was he wanted to make sure he got that shot. It was horrible. Uh, it was horrible. Not- Levar was in his head the entire game. He was I, doing too much, taking ill-advised uh, shots. It was horrible. Yeah, I just think you're reading too oh, much right. into you it. Just but you just don't like how, Levar. You know Ball. how it is. You just don't like Levar Ball. No, I just don't pay him any attention Why? because it's just a genius. It's, it's nonsense. Like he's I don't really genius, care. Jeremy. Like just have your son go out there and play. Jeremy's a genius. I don't. I don't fall into the hype, but that's he's just me. Genius. And I'm, I'm. I'm one of the few that think that it doesn't really matter what he's saying and that it's genius. But I just don't pay him any attention. Every player wants to have their dad cheering them on, hyping them up. Like, I guess, but... If you were a player in the NBA, would you not want your dad out here hyping you up every game? Honestly, 100%, no, I would not, because I wouldn't... Like, I I would just tell my dad, like, look, like, be quiet, like, let me just go out there and play or whatever. And, I mean, my dad would respect me and say, yeah, you're right, like, I'll keep quiet. But Lonzo's not going to say really anything to his dad. Because he loves it. He he, he loves it. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much more time on this, because I don't really... I know you You don't like LeVar Ball. Listen, here's what Scott Brooks said about LeVar Ball. These are his exact yes, words. Yes, uh, and I heard this quote. You know what? Hey, people talk about Lonzo's dad all the time. Hey, I mean, my father left me at two. I would love to have my father around like LeVar is around to, and talk about him and pump me up with confidence. To me, that's every son's dream, and for some reason, he gets criticized. No question, he's a little in, a little ambitious at times with what he says, but he's around his son. I have no problem with that, and maybe he could temper it a little bit, but I would have loved to have my dad do that for me. Cool. Every like, son's dream. You're like, just, I, I don't, you, you're there's nothing really, there's, there's really nothing for me to Ball say. hater that you're just... Everything Lonzo, a, I, everything Lonzo Ball, you just don't even you care. You know why? Because I hear about him so much, I don't want to have to spend 
Is that 20 his more, fault? 20 more minutes of talking is about him. Is it his fault? Who? Why we hear about him so much? No, it's ESPN's fault. No, because LeVar Ball knows that when he says these absurd but who's things com- that he's going to get who's media coming, coverage. Who's coming to him to ask him these? Who's asking him these absurd questions? But they're not even asking him. Like he'll if I if I asked him like oh like Lavar how's your day going he'll go automatically to Lonzo Ball's next matchup. LeVar, I don't want to. I, I don't want to hear that. Lavar Ball. Lavar Ball's walking down the street. He's at the Lakers game. Sometimes he doesn't want the media to come to. He says sometimes he doesn't want the media to come to him. But they it, they eating it up. They're eating the ratings up. Yeah, and He's now exciting. we're eating it up, and I hate it. He's exciting. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. He's bringing some excitement to the Lakers. They're in a dark right. place too. It's some sunshine. There's come always on. been some sunshine over the there in LA. The big baller brand, the ball way. Come on. There's man. always been sunshine over there in LA. Come on, the Stop. big baller brand, the ball family. That, that might be the three words I might mute on my Twitter's Big Baller brand. Hey, you know what? <laughs> so I don't have I, to hear this I'm stuff. I'm Team Big Baller Ben. Alonzo Ball is the best player in basketball. Oh, goodness. All right. This is, hey, this is I'm not, Big Baller brand. This, I support oh you, God. LeVar. Do your thing. I support you, Lonzo, but not so much, LeVar. Do your thing. Best player in basketball. Oh, boy. I can't, I'm not even getting into that. I'm not even going to entertain that. <laughs> so closing out this episode, we wanted to – do some early surprises of the year so far. I mean, it's been six or seven games, depending on how many games uh, each team has played. Um, I know you brought this up that you wanted to talk about this, so I'll let you go. Who's your early surprises? I have two early surprises. One, the Memphis Grizzlies, because I doubted them. Just, just the team as a, in general? And the whole team. Yeah. And I, I don't even really need to get into that because we talked uh, enough about the Grizzlies, but... I doubted them, and they they, they they probably listened to this episode. They listened, They probably listened to that last episode and heard what I said about them. Something yeah. something happened. And then my next biggest surprise, again, I uh, you know, I, I don't want to be biased to Jason Tatum. I'm a Celtics fan, but I'm going to say right. Ben Simmons because um, I I didn't know. I didn't think Ben Simmons was going to be this good. I mean, I, I knew without the jump shot. I think NBA players today, if you don't really have a jump shot, I, I just don't feel like – you really yeah, but, be that good in the NBA, but Ben Simmons has been a yeah. But Giannis doesn't have one either, so you know he succeeded. I didn't as think well. he was going to be this good either. Nobody yeah. did. Yeah. So but definitely Ben Simmons and um, the Memphis Grizzlies have been my biggest surprises. surprises. Yeah. Um, I have a couple. I'm not going to get too much into it, but like we said before, uh, Orlando Magic and Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. just had his career high last week of 41. Five for five from three. And they torched the Spurs the other night. Yes. Um, the Wizards, two young players in Kelly Oubre and uh, Otto Porter. Mm. I've actually been very surprised with them, too. Kelly Oubre, 11.5 points per game, six rebounds on 45% from the field and 44 from three. Solid. Um, That's basically what they need from him. Maybe yeah. around 13 points would be more, you know, mm-hmm. valuable for him. But, I mean... He'll he'll only get better as the season goes. And then Otto Porter shoot uh, shooting fifty five percent from the field and fifty one from three on eighteen points a game. Let me ask you this: Can and I know it's your surprise, but can will Kelly Oubre sustain this when Marquise Morris comes back and he goes back to the bench? Because I mean, a lot of players play different when they're in a starting lineup. Well, I honestly think if Morris comes back, you bring him off the bench. Really? Yes, because you just don't want to mess. With what Kelly Oubre okay. is doing right now, you know what I mean. Like as soon as he starts to struggle, maybe then change that out, okay. um, swap them. 
probably would be good for the uh, Wizards. You know what I mean? Like when, when anybody atrocious. comes back from an injury like that, I never think they should fully start right away unless right. it's like a big superstar like LeBron or Russell yeah. Westbrook or somebody like that. But when, you just don't want to mess that up. Yeah. Uh, then my last surprise was Tobias Harris. Oh, uh, mm. he's been playing very, very well, averaging twenty-two. Uh, I mean, twenty points per game. He is only four rebounds a game. But when you have Andre Drummond, he's gonna yeah. suck up all the rebounds. So and then forty-nine percent from the field and forty-six from three. The whole Pistons team has been good, and that's you know a great deal to my yeah. guy Avery Bradley. Oh boy. I mean, I yeah. had him as the eighth spot, so it's not too surprising. But after that big win in Golden State uh, last night, Avery Bradley, <laughs> like they're playing well and. I wouldn't say they're that fun to watch, but they play together good as yeah. a team. And Tobias Harris really has been hooping. So those were just my early surprises. Okay, that, that's cool. I, I definitely agree with you. Those are definitely some good surprises. But, uh, hey, man, uh, this has been a great episode. We touched on a lot of things from this past week, uh, week two. Uh, we appreciate everybody for uh, following us and checking us out. And when you get some time, uh, give us a follow on Twitter at the Speak Up podcast uh that'll be greatly appreciated and check us out on itunes and make sure you subscribe please subscribe to the speak up hoops podcast we'll see you soon thanks again